Hey guys, Red here with this week's quick tip. Hopefully if you're a computer person involved in game dev somehow, you are aware of Audacity, probably the world's most powerful free audio editing software. But maybe you didn't know that it comes hooked up and ready to rock and roll with dozens of powerful effects. One of the most useful of which, in my opinion, is noise reduction. Let's check it out. Oh, much better. Visit audacityteam.org and start messing with those effects today. Jiggle wiggles, fart, make jiggle wiggles, fart, make jiggle wiggle, fart, Anyway, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast. Falling to Game Dev Scrubs into Scat Man Kingdom and Game Devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. What's happening, y'all? We, uh, we, lots happening, y'all. Lots happening. We mm-hmm. live in a world where things are happening constantly. God, what is humanity? Sometimes, <laughs> me and Taylor were talking a lot before the podcast started, and we were talking about, like, the scopes of animals' lives. And, like, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like I have to be aware of everything. Uh-huh. Do you ever get that? Like, I the- have to be aware of it. Yeah, dude, it's that endless pursuit of knowledge and, like, ah, it's so overwhelming. And and I think that that's, like, not even, (laughs) like, for animals, it's not even on their radar. No, they they don't even care. No, well, knowledge isn't really necessarily a thing for them. No, they're just, like, born Uh, into it. Born with, like, have you thought about how animals just, like, their instincts kick in? And that's yeah, really all that, that matters. It's so weird. How how is that a thing? God, yeah. evolution is crazy. Absolutely. I don't think we can top this, so we may as well just sign off right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's so weird. I've, it's only in the last like couple years that I've finally okayed it in my mind that like if the reality that we're living in is just false, if it's just some sort of illusion or fake it just doesn't even matter you know if we're in the matrix it doesn't even matter like i'm just gonna keep living life having fun doing my thing trying to be the best person i can like not yeah. hurt anybody you know like well, i feel like if other people were like i live in the matrix well i'm gonna rape pillage and steal till my heart's <laughs> pillage and steal those are the same things basically well wow. good job Rhett. <laughs> no i i do think that there's that slippery slope like in reality I mean, well, maybe not to everybody. In my reality, uh, really, things don't matter. Like, (laughs) (laughs) fuck life. Nothing is worthwhile. (laughs) But for reals, though, and I think that because of that, it actually like does the opposite of what you think it should. Where because things are literally meaningless, and our lives are so finite, like you have to make the best of it while you're here. Well, see, some uh, people, I think, would take that idea and they would run with it and they go, well, life doesn't matter. I can do what I want. It'd right. Be like, you know, 
Except if for it, there are dire consequences to those actions, right? Like it doesn't life doesn't really matter in the but grand what are scheme the consequences? of things. But well, I mean you could be sitting in a in a jail cell for sixty years if you do things. Or if you want to be like, you know, some crazy guy who I don't know, like the first dude who like jumped out of a or have you seen those people that like go up nearly into space and then they skydive from like whatever yeah, the low sp- orbit yeah <clears throat> like those people are freaking brave and it's cool that they do that but if you say that life is is meaningless to the point where you do that kind of stuff non-stop without even like checking <laughs> checking things then yeah you're just but gonna if die you think, but if you think life is meaningless then those things don't matter true that's good you point. know what i mean like yeah. Going to prison then is just like what your existence becomes until you check out. Like, yeah. Well, I that's where that's where honestly, I, I don't know if we've had this conversation, but honestly, I think at that point, like, what life, what actually is meaningful in life is the avoidance of pain, because all you really know is certain is what you feel in the present moment. So, like, what what is your purpose in life? but to avoid things that cause you physical or mental pain. Which then kind of even leans into the point, like at that point, it may as well just be about accumulating as much pleasure as possible. True. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what's the opposite of pain is pleasure, right? Yeah. So, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Which is how we get into like the hedonistic, like side of things. Hedonism, but I love hedonism, but yeah, I know he's like one of my favorites. <laughs> Me too. Oh, jeez. But yeah, dude, it's crazy thinking about these animals that exist. Like we were talking about in Blue Planet, all these animals that live on like the ocean floor, they don't even know what like what air is. Like they don't know that there's any other existence beyond like their little uh, rock area that they live in. You know, or they're like it's crazy that some animals are just like floating constantly. Like they don't even ever hit the bottom of the ocean. They're just constantly in this perpetual state of floating. It's like, what a strange life, you know? Yeah. And then what's weirder is that, yeah, animals are designed to just carve out this little niche mm-hmm. in life. Like I was thinking the other day about birds and I was watching this bird flying and I was like, damn, dude, that guy's got some hollow bones. Like imagine if I had hollow bones, I would suck. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not a bird. Like I don't fly. I don't like need to swoop in really fast to get my, I just go to the grocery store, (laughs) you know? Uh, Yeah. It's so weird. they're, They're pretty cool in that they can pretty much do everything that they need to survive right like right yeah exactly my point and they just carve out these little niches where everything they need to survive is what they have right oiled feathers fucking well hollow bones sharp beaks and talons yeah and they're just so resourceful like you know everything that floats to the bottom of the ocean that is organic just gets used right or also, like, we were watching, we just finished Life not that long ago, and there's, I don't remember what kind of bird they are, but there's this bird in, like, Patagonia or something that can spot prey uh, that, like, it, it must be like a vulture or something. It can spot, like, a corpse of, of something, and then it goes and it picks up its bone, 
like it's femur or something and it flies like really high while holding on this bone and then it drops the bone aiming at these rocks so that when the bone hits it'll crack open and they'll be able to like more easily get to the marrow it's like how did they figure that out dude like i don't know dude also can you be can you imagine being the first person to like watch that you're like what the hell are they doing yeah (laughs) by today's standards it would be mind-blowing because we don't go outside but i know imagine seeing it 500 years ago you'd be like really you're yeah. just using a rock. I know birds that use tools, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, another interesting uh, thing that we've been watching is this uh, David Attenborough documentary. I think it's called um, Natural Curiosities or something. And it's all about like weird animals and like why they are, have different traits that are, weirds, that are weird. And one of them was last night was on the narwhal or norwhal, whatever. Yeah. And it's still such a mystery why they have their tusk on the front of their head. And yeah. most mostly males have them. So right now the current theory is that it's pretty much for like mating purposes. But there's some really interesting things about it. Like it's actually a tooth. Um not yeah. you know, not anything uh what was the other example? Anyways, like a horn, like a rhino. Yeah, it's thing. not like a horn. Like, yeah, it's not like a rhino. And when we first, when humans first discovered this, um, now I'm going to say horn tusk. Tusk. They thought it was um, a unicorn's tusk, and so they yeah. brought it back to Europe, and it sold for like half a million dollars, basically <laughs> in today's standards. But it's just, I don't know. It's crazy, like. The animal kingdom is so wide and diverse. Like your imagination can't even come up with some of the stuff that's out no. there. And that's what blew my mind. I was watching Planet Earth 2 and it's just like, dude, what? And then you start thinking about so I keep coming back to the Komodo dragons cuz that's the first episode and it's one that like the really stuck out to me cuz I really I've always liked Komodo dragons and I like reptiles in general. Mm-hmm. And What's weird to me is that, yeah, these animals are huge, but you don't think of why. They have to be able to get enough food to be able to get that big, which is just horrifying in its own right, you know? Yeah. There's so many things about it. Like, they've got this venom. Oh, I know. That paralyzes their prey. Yeah. And then not only that, but then Komodo dragons are fiercely territorial. They duke it out with each other because yeah. how do they get so big? Well, they have to have enough food to sustain them. And in order to do that, they got to stick to their own turf, you know? Yeah. So weird. I'm pretty sure they had a section on that in life as well. And they, they said that they're, they're have top. To. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, do you remember? Uh, I don't know if it's the same in Planet Earth too, but there's this scene in life where they talk about Komodo dragons being like the top predator. Uh, on the island, like nothing can touch it wherever yeah. they live. And there's this really like horrifying scene where there's all these Komodo dragons. There's this one um, cow, like wild cow that they've, one of them has bitten. Yeah. And the poison or venom in their bite, like is very slow to take effect. And so they literally like, follow this cow around yep. for weeks yep. until it finally gets to the point where it like collapses and then they just like eat it eat it alive basically like 
My God, nature is How ruthless. horrifying. Now, okay, close your eyes, Taylor. <laughs> imagine that you have been bitten by a Komodo dragon. Yeah. Just imagine that face up close. Somehow it got you, but you get away. You're running. You feel the venom taking over, and now you just you got to lay down. You got to take a nap. <laughs> and you have just enough consciousness, your eyes are open, and you see this gigantic-ass lizard walking over you to begin to eat you while you're still alive. God. Right? Those those kinds of things are, are some of the most dark and horrifying. Like, thinking, too, like, another section in life is uh, they talk about the Venus flytrap, and oh, when it God. traps the fly in there... It literally digests it while it's still alive. And like you think about that a lot too with just like lots of different animals. Like when birds catch fish and stuff, they yep. swallow them whole. So like that snakes. fish is, yeah, snakes too. Like, oh God, you remember the movie Anaconda? God. <laughs> that movie used to terrify <laughs> me. I, <laughs> but yeah, you're just like, all right, so I guess my existence is, well, they probably suffocate is the first thing so never mind yeah. but but i mean still you, you're just in there while you're being digested well did you hear about that guy who was supposed to be like getting eaten by a snake oh, some God. sort of publicity stunt and he ended up dying yeah i do remember that <clears throat> yeah pretty crazy dude anyway just imagine waking up you're asleep in some jungle country and you wake <laughs> up and you're like why can't i move my feet and there's a snake that has you consumed like up to your waist yeah god so crazy life sucks i know (laughs) we live in such a such a mild place in terms of like how crazy nature or how dangerous nature is i mean we do have like rattlesnakes and stuff in oregon um but like especially in the valley where we live it's just like not not very dangerous compared I to know. like can you imagine living in in the amazon or like in australia. africa somewhere or australia oh my god all the like poisonous things and cr- freaking spiders that are as big as crabs and like all well, that dude, kind of stuff even when me and bailey were uh trying to plan a, we were planning on moving to hawaii a couple years ago and uh because we had like some kind of job prospects lined up and we had family there, which really helped. Um, I was doing a lot of research about like the bugs and things like that that are out there. And it was like, I just watched videos of these gigantic ass flying cockroaches even. I was just like, oh I just God. can't. I just can't. I know. I, I yeah. can't. Any of those islands, like when we were in Japan and we saw like those, we stayed in that place and there was giant cockroaches in there. Like, I just can't do that. It just can- makes me want to move to where there's a lot of snow, and the <laughs> thing that I have to worry about killing me is a gigantic ass bear or something, right? you know, I know, or like wolves. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, something God. that like is ingrained in my genetic memory to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not something that can like penetrate your your body without you knowing and like live off of you as a parasite until it fully consumes you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. The other thing I thought about a lot, too, is getting attacked by a jungle cat of some sort. Yeah. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be the worst? Dude, I watched this video um, filmed from India that was so intense. It was a tiger fighting a bear. Dude, did we talk about this on one of the recent episodes? Did we? I don't know. It was... Oh, my God. 
It yeah. was crazy. I think we uh, I think we may have. We so yeah. So in one of my first podcasts, Duel of Taints, me and my co-host went down the rabbit hole about tiger attacks. Dude, they are crazy. There's just like a there's this guy riding an elephant. You know, there's and I we just watched these videos one day of just the worst tiger attacks caught on film. Uh huh. And it's like there's a guy riding on a, on an elephant, and this tiger is in the grass. You can't even see it, and he must just something flips in his mind. And he goes, "You know what? Fuck that guy!" And he jumps over the elephant, takes the man off the top of the elephant simultaneously. <laughs> And drags him into the grass. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think we did talk about this because that sounds yeah. familiar. There's but an it's... episode of Duel of Taints, and it's available in the same podcast network this one is. It's called Sasquatch versus Tiger, or maybe it's Tiger versus Sasquatch because we talk about who would win a Bigfoot or like imagine the octagon, right? You just put them in a cage fight. You got Bigfoot or you got a real like Bengal tiger or something, you know? Yeah. Like, who would win? <laughs> And anyway, I know one of those is a fantastic creature, and the other one is like an ape-like creature. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, points yeah. come out pretty strongly for the tiger. Yeah. Oh yeah. That tiger's got to be one of the toughest to defeat. I would say in all of Dude, nature, they can jump very high. Well, and they're just relentless. Like, I mean, imagine oh. our house cats. They, and they will dude. stalk you, dude. Yeah, <laughs> did we talk about this? We had to have. Oh my god! Remember too, they did research on the active memory of cats, and they found out that it's like one of the longest active memories in. God, is it can't be all mammals, I guess, but it's like dogs have a working memory of like five minutes, a active memory of five minutes. Cats have an active memory of like eighteen hours and up. Oh wow. And so there was one tiger in India somewhere. This guy, he, um, he, I don't know how, but this tiger had killed this animal. And I think it was like a boar, a pig of some sort. And the guy took a pot shot at the tiger, missed, but the tiger ran away. And so the hunter takes the boar meat. He steals it. He travels like 20 miles away, uh, maybe less. I could be exaggerating this. Anybody could look it up. He travels miles away and he leaves his house and the tiger the next day stalks him to his house. He follows the scent of the pork meat. (laughs) But not only that, when he gets to the house, the tiger finds his meat, but then he lays in wait by the front door, (laughs) hiding. And when the man comes home, he attacks him and kills him. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Doesn't eat him. Takes They're his meat back and leaves. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, it's like crazy. you could imagine your own cats doing that. I know. Like, yeah. You're gonna fuck with me, dude. No, I'm gonna fuck with you. That's what happened. I think the when we started using the uh, litter quitter the first time. I don't know if we mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast. We mm-hmm. used to use this litter quitter thing where we were trying to teach our cat how to poop in the toilet, and we first started using that. We walked in one day and he took a dump right on our bed. Yep. <laughs> like, cool cat. Thanks, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And they do uh, it with this look on their face. Like, yeah. Why'd you oh. do that to me? Or, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That was a I don't know how we got here, but. Basically, life is meaningless and everything is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Speaking of terrifying, what happened to you last week, dude? 
Oh, yeah. And everybody's listening to this probably. They're 18 minutes in and they're like, okay, we get it. Like, when are you guys going to talk about game dev and your life and shit? Well, anyway, we have an excuse for why we're still maintaining our loose format this week. Yeah. So, last week we recorded Mannequins. You guys have enjoyed it. Listen to it, hopefully. Um, it's a good one. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. Mannequins was a really awesome guest. Um, and anyway... We had a debate after recording. It's like, well, should I go to work? Should I not go to work? And uh, we settled on the idea that I would go to work. And was like, okay. And then two hours later, <laughs> I freaking bro- fractured my ribs and suffered a concussion at work. Um, and so I had, I had sort of just been bedridden for a couple days. Um, and I'm still sore as sore AF. As the millennials are saying, um, dude, it was bad for a couple days. Yeah, man. I um, feel really bad that that happened to you. Yeah, I kind of do too. I mean, it's not that big of a deal ultimately because the weirdest thing is, is like I ended up going to urgent care because I couldn't breathe <laughs> and there's just there's nothing they can do, right? Yeah, I, on I one mean, hand, you can't it's like, do anything with broken ribs other than just let it heal right yeah (laughs) and on one hand it's like okay i'm glad i went so that they could say yeah you fractured a rib this is why you can't breathe just go rest but on the other hand i was like what a waste of 90 minutes this was i should have just went home (laughs) you know really reinforced my uh opinions on what a waste of time emergency doctor's visits are yeah, I I have mixed feelings about doctors anyways, but I never go, mostly because I'm a cheapskate and I'm lucky enough to not have to go, but... Well, dude, don't you have insurance though? Like, if you're a cheapskate, like, well, you should yeah, be utilizing your insurance. What happens is, so like, the last time I went to the doctor, um, I basically went in there and like, I have um, acid reflux, right? Oh, and yeah. We talked about this. We, did we talk about this? Yeah. I mean, God. They did nothing for you. They did. <laughs> gave you some they, Zantac they, or something? Yeah. They told. They basically told me to go take Zantac like, or Prilosec or whatever, like way more than, it's, than you're supposed to, and that should fix yeah. it. And then instead of it just being like, oh, this is covered because it's a physical, it was um, coded as being a... Um, esophageal consultation so i had to pay like 250 bucks yeah it was i literally talked about it for like less than five minutes so i just don't have it's like well i've always thought doctors are bullshit yeah Um, there are some that are really good like my doctor he's not you know i i really admire him because he tries to find solutions that aren't just pills yeah um which makes me feel really good you know, I kind of, I guess as hokey as it sounds, I've always sort of believed that like um, health starts from the inside out, you know, it starts with diet and that yep. sort of thing. And Back to the basics, kind of like we were talking yeah. about yesterday. <laughs> right, exactly. The, uh, um, what, what was it called? Uh, the Lind, is it not the, is it the, the Lindy, Lindy effect? effect? Yeah, the Lindy effect. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, right? If it's not broken, don't fix it. And yeah. and uh, and don't overcomplicate things. 
Right. Like kind of the classic solutions are what what you should stick with. Right. And don't, listeners, don't get me wrong. Like if you have a medical condition that needs to be medicated, this is not me saying that I'm better than you in any way. No. Like you need to take your medication, man. I I come from a family of mentally ill and I understand the importance of of medication for certain um, disorders and things like that and illnesses and things like that. If you need to take it, your doctor prescribed it, like best to just do that, right? Mm -hmm. But there are, you know, like painkillers. I try to avoid painkillers as much as possible. But I'm lucky that I don't have like a chronic pain disorder or anything like that. So I just happen to have some fractured ribs and want to (laughs) die. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. And we talked about this a little bit on our other podcast (laughs) yesterday. So listener, if you're interested, just look for the uh, awesome book club recording uh, regarding Skin in the Game by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Out soon. Anyway. Um, so I don't know where I was going with any of that. I think it's just like our somewhat mistrust for <laughs> Well, I just don't believe anything that's and- like, yeah, you know, it's like they're trying to just get you in and out and make money. And it's like, I used to have doctors all the time. It's like they would order all these tests and I would get the bill. And it's like, why did you test me for this? I wasn't even in there for that. Right. And now I'm lucky enough to have total coverage health insurance it's like i had a you know and i am very very fortunate i understand that i had an emergency appendectomy and i paid like ten dollars out of pocket and that includes all my medications my surgery my ambulance ride um all that type of crap and so it was kind of a no-brainer when i started being injured that i should just go just to cover my bases and it's like i wouldn't be able to go home and have chronic pain and have my wife not let me go to the hospital. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I may as well just go get this out of the way. In hindsight, I had a concussion. I probably shouldn't have driven myself. <laughs> but um, I, it was across the street from where I was working. So yeah. it's not like I was. And, the, and they did release me that. You know, it's not like they kept me and they're like, you're a danger to society. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So anybody who's curious about how it happened, uh, I've talked about it before, but one of my side hustles is uh, maintaining a security program. I help help a buddy of mine build a security program in a chain of grocery stores, and sometimes that includes apprehending and detaining shoplifters. And uh, I apprehended this guy, and he I got him back into the office, and he was being kind of cooperative, but he was like really sketched out. He didn't want to go to jail. I realized because he had just been to j- he just got out of jail a couple days before, and he had drugs on him and all this stuff. And so he he tried to run. He tried to flee my office. And, um, so I tackled him and we just got tangled up and we went down kind of in an awkward way. And, uh, I hit the back of my head on the ground and he like hit, he like landed on top of me and rolled over me and pretty sure that's what did it. Could be wrong. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, freaking hit my head really hard, busted it open. It was bleeding everywhere. Didn't even really notice my ribs until later, but yeah, I managed to get them in handcuffs on my own and bring them in the office on my own with a concussion. So that was great. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad. And it's funny because I I tell everybody afterwards, I was like, well, you know, he's kind of, he was a nice guy when it's all said and done. Like he was very <laughs> regretful and all this stuff. And it's like, and this isn't like a routine pattern for him. Like, I think he's just fallen on hard times and has kind of fallen yeah. into crime recently. Right. 
Um, but it's funny how many people I tell them that and they're like, well, you know, that's what these types of people do. They tell stories. And it's like, oh, really? You're going to tell me what these types of people do? I deal with them every fucking day, asshole. Like, yeah, I'm aware that some of them tell stories. Like, yeah. I'm the one who told you that, you douche. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny how many I, – I can't even say that he was kind of a nice guy because he injured me and committed a crime, you know? Well, what's really funny to me is Alia talks about this all the time, how – She's like, I just don't understand how men can, like, hate each other, and then they, like, kind of duke it out, and then everything's fine. Like, they go back to just, like, being on the same level of understanding with one another. She's like, if women if women had that kind of thing happen, they'd hold grudges for years. <laughs> I think women uh, would benefit from it. No, I don't know. That's I, <laughs> it's extraordinarily I don't know. short-sighted she just, of me She to just say, thinks but... it's really funny that that's how guys typically are. Well, the um, science behind communication in in the sexes in relation is really fascinating because, I don't know, there's a lot of science to back this up and I don't have the literature or studies in front of me, but but I, I've, I've read it in several studies that says, like, men communicate very, very, very directly. Yeah. Especially in working settings, like, they don't withhold information from each other. They try to convey their meanings as directly as possible things like that so you can imagine like when things get heated they get into fisticuffs i don't know man and it's absolutely true like i mean i know you've kind of had your tussles and stuff i i've gotten into more fights than is like appropriate for a man of my age i'm sure (laughs) uh but it always turns out that way where it's just like okay the blood's coming down now everybody's fine you know yeah we're all on the same page and there's been a bunch of people like that where you after you done tussling it's like Fast friends, you know, <laughs> fast friends. <laughs> right. Uh, but girls, on the other hand, the scientific literature says that uh, when they are communicating with other females, that they communicate as though they're in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. And so they're withholding information. They're using double entendres. They are being, I don't know if intentional is the right word, but they are being kind of. Not even deceitful, because that's the wrong word, you know, but yeah, there's no way to say what I'm meaning without sounding like an ass, but yeah. there is scientific literature that supports this. And yeah, I it's just will say there are many, many women out there that communicate very directly and efficiently, but there are others that don't. And I'm sure the same could be said of men. I'm not meaning to paint with a broad brush here, but uh, it is interesting because think about the biggest communication breakdowns you've ever had, and I guarantee that it's with your significant other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's just funny how that works out. Yeah. No. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. I don't know how um, we got there either, but... Well, because I was saying, because I said he was a nice guy, and people, oh, yeah, like, right. people have been getting after me for saying that. It's like, first of all, you weren't there. Second of all, he was kind of a nice guy. Third of all, I know how criminals are. <laughs> It's, like, literally my job. Uh, yeah. I've been doing this for, like, eight years now, so why don't you back off? <laughs> Anyways, so... Oh, and what was really funny about that whole situation, I had gotten in, and I was just trying to kill time for the day, because I didn't really want to be there. And I was looking up arrests over the last week, and he was the last mugshot I had up on my screen before I brought him in the office and he gives me his ID and I read his ID and I'm like, wait a minute. And I like, look up my, sc- I, I wake up the computer and I look at the monitor and his there fucking mugshot was on the screen. I was like, uh, Dude, were you just arrested this week? He's like, yeah. I was like, for a hit and run? He's like, yeah. 
I was like, dude, it is your unfucking lucky day, dude. I showed him uh, the monitor, his fucking bug shots up there and everything. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> so funny. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, well, I'm sorry all that happened to you. Oh, don't be mad. It sucks, but uh, reminds you reminds you that you're alive, you know? Yep. I mean, I don't know. Made me feel like a tough guy for a while, that's for sure. <laughs> I thought it was funny that you uh, texted all of us, because we report- recorded our podcast uh, for the book club yesterday, and yeah. Rhett was like, yeah, by the way, guys, uh, you know, this happened to me, and I just want you all to know that I won. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such very a- important for people that I, I convey that. Yeah. I won. Such a Rhett thing to say. <laughs> With blood all over my head, concussion. Yeah. Yep. Hey, oh, and you know man. what? Nobody got shot or killed either, so there That's you go. That's good. Yeah, no. I hope that never uh, never happens to you, Rhett. <laughs> yeah. I don't carry a gun, so. Yeah. Anyways, enough Whoa. about how badass I am. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I will say, though, I am still in a lot of pain. I was bedridden, like, for a couple days, and uh, even right now, I'm just, like, in a lot of pain just sitting here, but... Well, I'm going to try my hardest to make you laugh, so... Oh, God, dude. That was the worst. I was recording a D&D podcast the other day, and my buddy in that show, he's like, okay, well, it's now my sole duty in life to make you laugh, and I fucking went home, and a couple hours later, I was just in agony. My yeah. pain oh, caught sure. up with me. I was like, you bastard. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Uh... So. So. Last uh, time before Mannequins, mm-hmm. we talked about science fiction. Yeah. Have you um, made any strides? I um, checked out Childhood's End yeah. uh, that I'll probably work on when I'm in Florida. Ne- oh, I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm going to be in Florida next week uh, for a work thing. Um, so, in my off hours when I'm just in a hotel, I've been con- considering bringing my laptop, but I don't know that I will. I think I'm going to just like try and read get inspired for a new idea i'm chewing on for a game um and then i also like i mentioned before i have sunvox now on my phone and so i'm gonna try and kind of get some sound some music going for my current game um so yeah childhood's end see how it goes um we also started watching altered carbon yeah have you watched it oh fuck yeah of course i watched it yeah, we're only on like episode. We watched two episodes, I think. Oh, but... it really gets good after episode three, in my opinion. Really, I well, so the the storyline so far is kind of jumbled. Um, but what I really like about it is just like the way that things are framed. Introduced. And, yeah. Well, I was gonna, just like from a film standpoint, like oh. the shots they make are like really well crafted. Yeah. Um, and so that's been kind of cool. Um, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. It's it's a really cool idea that I haven't heard um, you know exactly in a sci-fi like there's other things that are similar like you know dollhouse yeah yeah putting like putting your uh, consciousness into some other thing I I honestly have never seen it done so well because Joss Whedon who did Firefly and Angel and Buffy and the Avengers (laughs) he uh he did a show that was short-lived called The Dollhouse, which was kind of a similar idea. Yeah. Except I think they could have been like synthetic bodies. I don't really remember. But um, 
Yeah, I've honestly never seen this idea executed so well. It makes me really want to read the book. I guess. Oh, I didn't realize it was a book. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, dude, it's shot beautifully, and it's it was so fun because it comes on the tail of like this almost like cyberpunk revival that we're having with like Blade Runner, Mm -hmm. twenty forty nine, and and shit like that. Yeah. And I watched it like almost just in a couple days and I remember being blown away like how well done the first episode was except when I watched it a second time I was like I guess this wasn't as that first episode wasn't as good as I thought it was in my mind but the way the world building is done and the execution of it all is is just some of the best right like oh, they yeah. don't they don't really pander to the audience or pander is not the right word but they don't like talk down to you you know because they use a lot of words obviously like science fiction so uh you know it's about putting your mind in other bodies and things like that and some of the vocabulary that goes with that is like your mind is stored in this data disk called the stack mm-hmm. and you know they have um bodies are called sleeves because you can take your stack out and put it in <laughs> another sleeve right yeah mm-hmm. and you know they have terms like real death and all this type of stuff. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. what? Real death? What's but they super, never... What? What's super interesting to me is just the... um, Kind of the conflict that comes up around your sleeve. And like, you know, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to die at some point. Or, yeah. or if you're rich enough, you can upgrade your sleeve to look like, you well, know, really dude, sexy yeah. or whatever. That was the thing that was like kind of horrifying too. Is like so you have like immediately in the first episode, you know, they wake up a bunch of people up, and they this woman goes out there and she looks like a middle aged woman, like she looks like one of the fucking people in Orange Is the New Black, you know, just like this haggard old meth user or something. Yeah, and she comes out and she's like talks to these two adults and she's like, "Mommy, yeah," Daddy? and they're like, "What the hell? Why did you said that our daughter would get a free sleeve?" And they're like, "This is all we had." She's a seven-year-old girl, for God's sake. You yeah. know? And she's in this grown-ass woman's body. It's like, oh, that's yeah. fucked up. You I know? know, yeah. And and one of my favorite scenes, I won't spoil the show too much for you, but there's a scene where this old Hispanic lady gets brought back for an evening in, um, in like, a fucking, basically, what equates to, like, a neo-Nazi's body, you know, oh, just God. tatted out, big white yeah. dude. This actor acts like the most fucking Hispanic person I've ever seen, like, I'm like, holy shit, dude. I fully believed that he was an old Mexican lady. <laughs> Just like when I saw Jumanji, the new Jumanji, and Jack Black is um, portraying a teenage girl trapped in a man's body. Like, he did that, like, the best I've ever seen. Like, I fully <laughs> believe that. And this was on that level. Like, dang. I was just like, holy yeah. shit. That there's is so ki- convincing. There's all kinds of interesting things that could be dissected in that. Oh, it's so um, rich, show. man. It keeps yeah. giving. Yeah. It keeps giving. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of all though. I... Yeah, there is a lot of nudity. But you and know what? That's kind of the standard nowadays with like Game of Thrones and like Westworld and, uh, you know, any of the like the HBO style shows. They're just... Yeah. That's how they are. Yeah, I mean, I don't really necessarily mind it if it's tastefully done. Yeah, you know? right. right. I, I don't exactly. really mind it if it's just like let's show as I, I begin minding it when it's let's show as much skin as possible. Yeah, when it's just gratuitous. Yeah, but I agree. I, I think altered carbon it kind of toasts the line sometimes, mm-hmm. but I I think it really reinforces the idea of 
you know, that they live in this world where, like, skin is a commodity and... Yeah, right. At that yeah. point, like, what does it really matter? Right. And I think that's kind of, like, what a lot of people think, you know, in that, yeah. in that unit or in that world, whatever. Yeah. Because, so. Yeah. There's some fucked up shit in that show, oh, but it's I'm really sure. good. Yeah. It's really good. I had a really crazy head trip while watching that one time. I was just like, it, made, it took me down the rabbit hole in my mind. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it keeps, the book keeps coming up on like all sorts of like must read science fiction books. You know, it's like, yeah. all, it's like on all these lists now. And I, I don't know when it was written, but um, I'd never seen it before. And I've read a lot of science fiction. So, yeah. Well, what's interesting is um, taking a step back this last week. I've actually struggled a little bit with um, motivation yeah. uh, to work on my game. And I think part of it is because all of a sudden I have this like drive to want to consume media. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it might have come from our last conversation, but now it's like I have all these books that I really want to read. I have all these shows and movies I want to watch. And also yeah. I've been playing more games like than I have in a long time. Dude, it's good for you. That's like your mind saying like you got to refill the tanks, right? Yeah, like, I do I, think I'm getting kind of burned out and that's probably also why, but... Um, people can't work in a vacuum, you know? It's like... Right. And so, plus, yeah, it's it's just... It's good for you, man. I, th- I honestly think it's like... I mean, you're sitting there behind the wheel creating this thing and that's a great, marvelous thing, but it all comes in balance, you know? Right. Just like I don't think anybody should just consume movies or TV shows or just consume books or just play games. It's like you got to balance it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like reading a book is fun cuz it really really I think strengthens you know, I don't know, your vocabulary and your imagination and you're along on this ride that's in basically set in rails. And the same could be said for movies, but it it exercises a different aspect for it. You're like watching somebody else's vision sort of like come to life. Mm-hmm. And and it's an art form that involves many people rather than just one, you know? And you can really appreciate the work that goes into it that way. But then video games are fun because it's it's not on rails. It's it, it's an interactive experience. Right. And, of course, you're watching somebody else's vision, but it's combined with your own interpretation and your own experience and the ease of play and all of these types of things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like whenever people, like, get after me for playing video games or whatever, it's like, dude, all you do is watch TV. Or you watch, and they're like, well, ah, but I consume it in such a way and I'm going to appreciate it. I'm a critique and blah, I'm a critic and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's great. But like what I'm doing is kind of the same, except it's interactive. I don't just right. sit there. It's like engaging my brain. I'm solving puzzles. I'm pressing buttons. I'm doing things. I'm, mm-hmm. And obviously that's, I don't I'm not going to say that there's a limit on video games that can be good or bad or whatever. I don't really care. Play as many video games as you want. I personally think that they are great. I wouldn't be where I am. I feel like if it wasn't for video games, I don't even, yeah. I don't feel like I'd have my drive for um, knowledge or anything like that. If it wasn't for video games. Yeah. I mean, well, there's this inherent, inherent um, like desire to tinker and learn when yeah. you play a game because, and, and the same, I think goes for game dev where, you are trying, you don't fully understand how something is going to work when you're presented with a new challenge. And so you try these different things to get things to um, react in different ways. Yeah. Like today, the reason I, I was a little bit late today before we started recording because um, was playing Divinity Original Sin 2 and we hit this puzzle that was very challenging and 
we got wrapped up in learning like the game design behind this puzzle and seeing seeing how we can figure it out and all of a sudden time went by like so fast because i was just in this sandbox in this like new mini game inside of the game i've been playing that i have to relearn you know or like teach myself how it works um it's just really cool yeah so i think there's a lot to learn from video games and um yeah they shouldn't be they shouldn't be um you know not not necessarily looked down on i can't think of the word i'm saying but yeah yeah to me it's 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 all balance you know oh yeah and you get something from movies that you don't get from video games and vice Mm -hmm. versa and same with books and same with a walk outside. You know what I mean? It's important to have it all. I'm kind of glad, though, that you're like in this like mode to consume things because it's fun hearing yeah. you talk about <laughs> playing video games. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I was like going through last night because I've been, I've been jumped through Anodyne still. And I don't like... I don't have a lot of time into it. I have seven hours. Um, but like what's super cool, and I think this is part of why I'm like reinvigorated with it, was I got to a point where I felt kind of stuck and I'm like... I had cleared all of the open levels that were available to me except for one and I couldn't figure out how to how to get past it so I was just like stuck experimenting with things and yeah. I learned this new type of jump like I didn't realize that because it's like WASD controls I didn't mm-hmm. realize that I could jump and go like diagonally at the same time and I also didn't realize that I could jump over um like a gap of two spaces. Normally it seems like you can only jump over one. And I was just like playing around and I figured that out. And it just like opened up this whole new aspect of this game to me. And I was like, those two simple mechanics that I didn't know existed now allow me to (laughs) progress in this game. Like what the hell? That's awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. That's funny too. Cause that's what we were talking about last week with Maddikins about, uh about, you know, how do you give information to the player? And I've always said I, I prefer not being coddled or handheld, you know, with a yeah. thick tutorial at the beginning. It's like, let me figure it out. And then if if in six months I'm playing the game and I realize that there is some sort of mechanic or action that I can do that I had no idea to do, it makes me feel good. And I don't even really regret that. I don't even feel like I've wasted time. It's just like, oh, yes. You know, <laughs> I know. finally. Well, it's like strug- it's overcoming that struggle which makes it so rewarding, you know? Whereas if you were just told it, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then that'd be it, right? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It, it, it kind of got to this point where um, now I'm going through my Steam library and being like all excited about trying to finish a bunch of the games that I already have. So yeah. I really want to be Anodyne. Rhett and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I have Pillars of Eternity on my list, which I really want to get through. I also started The Witcher 2, which uh, Red is mixed on, but reading Blood, Sweat, <laughs> and Pixels mixed. about... Uh, well, you're not. Okay. <laughs> uh, reading Blood, Sweat, and Pixels and they talk about The Witcher 3 really made me want to want to play those games. And I have The Witcher 1 and 2 in my library, so I was like, well, you know, let's just try it out and see what it's like. And so I played it a little bit, kind of liked it. But now I have like this kind of hierarchy of games where I'm like, I need to, I need to set aside time every week to play these so I can beat them. Dude, that's, uh, that's great. I think it's kind of like books for me too, where I have all these books that are sitting on my shelf. Um, 
and I want to get through them. And when you do, when you get through one and you can say, I'm finished with that, yep. it's just a very satisfying feeling. It feels like you just like don't have to worry about it. You know, uh, you're dude. like eliminating clutter, basically. Yeah. The best part <laughs> about the the best part about the book club podcast in my mind is this is this growing tally of nonfiction books that I can now set side by side and <laughs> and just like ah, yep. Yeah. You know, I did it that. just feels yeah. so good. I know. Yeah, I've been I've been reading a lot this year. Um a lot due to the uh the book club, but also just because I don't know. Uh, I've really enjoyed it and liked it. And one of the goals I had at the beginning of the year was to read five game dev books. And nice. uh, I've read well two on your way. Masters of Doom and Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Um, speaking of which, though, I know we normally do this right at the end. There's this really cool Humble Bundle going on. Uh, oh, shoot. Which may not be around by the time it. <laughs> by the time we release this episode, now that I think about it. But um, it's the Game Studies Humble Bundle. Humble oh, book yeah, bundle. Six days left. Oh no. Well, six days, twenty three hours, thirty minutes. So that so there's gonna be a like a ten hour stretch, eleven hour stretch or something by the time we release this episode where you can still pick it up. But God, there's all kinds on here that just sound really interesting, especially coming at an academic side or from an academic angle. Um, yeah. there's one about uncertainty in games, which I think is just all about like game design. Um, one of them that I really thought sounded interesting was Atari age, the emergence yep. of video games in America, uh, developers dilemma, the secret world of video game creators. Like you get, I don't know, 10, 15 books for 15 bucks. Yeah. I like some so, of these design oriented ones too. How games move us. Oh yeah. That one's motion by really design. Uh-huh. Um, a well-played game, a player's philosophy looks really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the art of failure. Hey, that could be useful, right? So, anyways, yeah. I just wanted to mention that I'm, I'm, like, I've read a lot of the game game books um, at my library already, and so this came up at the right time. I'm just like, I want to get this and read these. Yeah. Well, hey, complete my make goal. Make sure anybody <laughs> who wants to buy these books, you use our sweet, sweet um, link, uh, bit.ly forward slash GDQ humble. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use a slider at the bottom to adjust how much money goes to where. You know the uh, the the publisher, humble bundle, charity, or your favorite game dev podcast, or second yep. favorite if you listen to Coffee with Butterscotch. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's pretty cool. Um, I want to just continue, you know, progressing, completing things, learning. It's all wrapped into this lifestyle that we're trying to build. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, not to change the subject too hard, but have you read any of Childhood's End yet, or are you just trying to save it all up? No, I, I was uh, reading Rabid. So, oh yeah, right yeah. on, even better. <laughs> Which cool. I'm kind of annoyed because so when I'm when I'm gone next week. I checked out the book and we have a three week checkout period at my library and it's due when I get in the middle of my trip. So when I'm in Florida and I was like, oh, you know, I'll just renew it like early and make sure I have it before my trip. I went to renew it the other day, (laughs) some bastard reserve or put it on hold. So now I have to return it and figure out what I'm going to do. So 
Just take the late fees. Yeah, I could. I don't know. I'll probably just try and find the audiobook version. We'll see. So. That seems like, I, I swear, this happens all the time. I check out a book that hasn't been checked out in like a year. And then all of a sudden, the fact that, that I have it checked out, somebody puts a hold on it. It's happened to me so many times. I feel like someone's like following how I, following my reading history or something. <laughs> I, I think, I could be wrong, but I think Rabbit was like on NPR or something like not that long ago. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Well, I checked before I checked it out and it hadn't circulated in over a year. So, oh yeah, actually, well, maybe I maybe I did hear, but it, it could have been like a rerun or something. The book yeah. was published in 2012, so yeah, that's funny. Anyways, cool. Well, um, you know what I'm gonna promise you because we talked about this two weeks ago already. I'm gonna create that list of science oh, yeah. fiction for you. I'm gonna share it with everybody so they can all see it. That'd be and, awesome. Uh, I'll have that done before the uh, the episode's released, so yeah. that way when people they can already have the list and then hear me on my promise already. So yeah, actually, um, uh, what's the name? Altered Carbon. I was yeah. I'm I could be wrong, but I thought I read that uh, one of the screenwriters was the guy who wrote The Expanse. Um, um, could be. What's the I guy's mean, name who wrote The Expanse? Because I hadn't even heard of that until you mentioned it the other well, day. Well, James S.A. Corey wrote The Expanse. Let's look him up. I mean, he's the author of the books. Yeah. And it's actually two people. It's a, it's a pseudonym. Or a pen Oh, name. it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. That Have you ever read The Witcher series? No, but I heard they're all right. Yeah, I keep... Well, I didn't know that they were books. And when I read Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, it talked about it. Yeah. Um, and then last night I was looking up, like, should I even play, uh, you know, the first one? And people were like, nah, just skip it. You don't need to play the first one. Uh, and someone said, well, I just am reading the books, and that covers all the lore that I missed. So I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh, that was actually it. The Expanse's Sean Daniel uh, and Jason Brown were announced as executive producers. Uh, Which are who? Maybe they're not the authors. I thought they were the authors. Anyways. Well, oh, they could be. Yeah, that could be the... You were talking about The Expanse? They're, yeah, they're as part of the... So I found this imager post oh. that was like... Um, about upcoming TV series from good books. The Witcher yeah. apparently is becoming a TV series. Yeah. The Lord of the, the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. From Amazon, Dark Tower, uh, King Killer Chronicles. Like yeah. Wheel well, of King Time. Killer Chronicles has been in the work for a long time, Taylor. If you I, were actually no. friends with me, you would have listened to me when I talked about that. No, I no, knew that. I was just re- I was just reiterating it. Just but yeah. <laughs> apparently, um, there's going to be a Conan the Barbarian uh, TV dude, show. That's been in works forever, too. And they need to just do the goddamn movie, in my opinion, because we've been waiting on The Legend of Conan forever. Again? (laughs) I actually like the one with uh, Jason Momoa. Dude, yeah, I just watched it again the other day. It's so fun. Like, in some ways, it's, it's, like, way cheesier than the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones. Uh Uh-huh. But I I actually really like the first Conan the Barbarian, like, because it's so campy and so cheesy, but... They just commit to it. You know what I mean? All of mm-hmm. the actors commit to it and 
the special effects are enjoyable just and the kind of the storyline and the exposure and like the 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 location in which they filmed it and um I, oh, and the music love well the music. hey speaking of which we have another podcast about conan the barbarian do you remember we do yeah yeah cinnamon where um, we watch yeah. and discuss conan the barbarian i i just love the cheese factor some of some old 80s movies i can't really handle but i actually prefer a lot of times the like handcrafted special effects and you know not so grandiose epic like action like more real uh, yeah, you know, uh, choreographed action and everything without all the CG and stuff. Yeah, dude, it's fun. Yeah, Conan the Barbarian is Cineman episode three and three point five, and me and Taylor are on that. If you guys want to find it, it's on the same website and everything. Of course, you can find it on iTunes and all that stuff still too. Yep. Um. Yeah, we just drink beer and watch Conan the Barbarian and <laughs> talk about it and talk about other stuff. We do a lot of drinking out of cups quotes, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's because that's like one of the best videos on the internet. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, Ghost Goats Games was talking. Was it Ghost Goats Games? Who had that as his uh, <laughs> his uh, alerts or whatever on Twitch? You like oh. sub or whatever, and it's a drinking out of, co- drinking out of cups quote <laughs> uh, i don't remember that but i don't doubt it uh it's funny yeah well um yeah i'm not super excited about the lord of the rings show to be honest but dark tower i hope they do well honestly i liked the movie a lot of people didn't i thought it was pretty enjoyable yeah, I, I didn't think it was it. like i didn't think it was like the best adaptation ever but mm-hmm. dude some of the things that they did in there because, like, one of my favorite things, and I've talked about this before, is, like, the mix of high fantasy and science fiction, you know? Yeah. And Dark Tower did that very well in the books. And I thought the movie captured some of that really well. Like, this idea of, like, living in a world full of demons and magic and monsters, but there's high technology kind of in the background and stuff, too. Um, yeah. It's just so fun. Well, a and... lot of those, I'm, like, it's one of those things where I'm just going to have to try. Like, with... Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. I just have to try it. I just have to watch and see what it what it's about. You know. Um. So same with Dark Tower. I'm not yeah. thrilled about the movie necessarily either, but um, yeah. I, well, I definitely... it's gonna be. It's gonna follow the plot line of Wizard and Glass. Oh, that's right. Which I think actually would make a great miniseries. Um, yeah, or like HBO show or whatever. Yeah. And and then, yeah, as far as Name of the Wind goes and all that sort of stuff, like Lin-Manuel Miranda is attached to it, which he's really amazing. So, um, and if you don't know, he wrote and starred in the musical Hamilton, which has been like a phenomenon yeah. type success. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, man, but we're kind of getting close to the top of our time here. Yep. Uh, one other thing. I don't know if this will still go, but there was this thing on Good Old Games where uh, today, so if you had, if you had wishlisted um, different games, they picked like the top most wishlisted games, and now they have ridiculous sales on them. Like Now I'm looking, and the Witcher 3 Game of the Year edition is 60% off. 
Yeah. Divinity Original Sin 2, 15% off. Hyperlight Drifter is 50% off, which I might have to pick up. Yeah, um, a Hyperlight Drifter is very fun. Baldur's Gate 2 is 75% off. Yeah, there's just a lot of good-looking deals. So if it's still going on, check it out. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, dude. I think we've uh, <laughs> run the gamut here. I think you're right. And I think that I speak for both of us when I say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest. If you guys want to hit us up, you can tweet us at Game Devs Quest. You can email us, gdq at airpodcast.com. And as always, come join our Discord. Come hang out with all of our best friends and us. We are bit.ly forward slash gdq discord. And if you liked any of the things we talked about on Humble Bundle, we'll go ahead and spread that link around as well. And I know that that link will probably be gone before you guys listen to this. Uh, or excuse me, that bundle. So we're going to be promoting that all week on Twitter and on the Discord. So if you guys are interested in some um, reads on game dev that are like not academic or not technical in nature and just seem to be sort of, um, I don't know what type of books you'd call that. but um, Yeah, I mean, they're like high-level studies of, of things in games. Right. Uh, I know. guess it could be academic. I just meant it, like well, yeah, not it is technical. from. It is from MIT's publishing, whatever, so... Okay, and non-academic was the wrong choice of words. That's okay. No, I just I meant think... not a textbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't talking about, like, this is how you program in C-sharp. You're yeah. talking, like, a high, more high-level uh, study at what... Like, theory and yeah. history and... Yeah, right, exactly. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm it looks gonna great. I'm going to go ahead and pick today. that up as well. <laughs> and as well as the strategy bundle which looks badass mm-hmm. and will still be up by the time you guys get this. So if you guys want to play some tooth and nail or endless space Two, hit us up. That's or right. Up, rather. Um, anyways. Yeah, we got some cool stuff coming out. I'm, I'm missing a week next week, but we're going to have episodes up ready for you guys. So you won't, you won't miss a beat. We've got some cool stuff coming up that we're excited to share with you. Um, yeah, and as always, thanks for hanging around. I know it's been kind of a weird ride lately, but that's just where we're at. So, well, you know, that's part of the game dev quest. You know, right. it's like sometimes you work a lot, you got a lot of shit to show for it. Other times, mm-hmm. you got to take a little break because you broke your ribs. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for sticking with us. We will catch you next week. We got some great, great interviews coming up. Do we want to drop the drop the Secret on that one, or yeah, go for it. it. Uh, so uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, uh, you you are going to be listening to some interviews with friend of the show from Game Dev Underground, Tim Ruswick. Oh We're yeah, really, ex- really excited to have him. And also in the future, friend of the show, and uh, basically like uh, the I don't know part of the gonna... Oregon squad. Yeah, there we go. I was trying to think of it. Oh, the Oregon squad holding it down. Uh, Dr. Argus from yeah. the uh, from our Discord. He's a great guy. We're looking forward to having him on here. Um, yep. And with that, sick. I guess that's Game Dev's Quest for this week. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Cue that music. Oh, yeah.